Good afternoon and good evening. Wherever you may be listening, thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast. I am your host, Johnny. Back at it again for another week. I am super excited for today's show. You know what? This week has been eventful. A lot of things has happened. I've had a very, very good week. And I certainly hope you all have as well. So, going to dive right into today's show because I'm really excited about it. And I think everybody who's been listening to the show for now um, and in the past, of course, knows that I am a huge nerd and unapologetic about it, to say so myself. And on today's show, we're going to get into a little nerd talk. Y'all not going to lie. Super excited about it. And off the top, you know, Disney, Marvel, you know, they've they've always been great with their content, right? With their movies. They've been phenomenal. And they started to, you know, obviously now make shows on Disney um, Plus. And, you know, first, you know, they came out with Wanda and Vision. And now they've released The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And spoiler alert, if you have not watched the show, you might want to actually skip ahead to my next segment that I'll be talking about, which is also going to rile up that nerve fandom there. But I believe Falcon and Winter Soldier, this coming episode is the last one for this series. And if you have watched it, I'm sure that if you're a comic book nerd, you've kind of been geeked about it. And even if you're not, you've probably also been hyped about it. Because, you know, we're all nerds at heart, right? And from one fellow nerd to my many out there, I want to tell y'all that, one, I appreciate the support. And two, the other way you can show me, outside of listening to the show, which I appreciate, that you actually love the content that you're listening to here is to go to my Facebook page at R-Y-L now. That's R spelled out, Y-L now on Facebook. Like the page, leave any comments. I post things there all the time. So you can certainly feel free and leave a comment if you so choose. And it'll let me know just how much you appreciate the content and what I'm doing here. And I greatly appreciate the support. All right, let's jump back into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, so as y'all know, if you know you follow the comic books, the Falcon actually ends up becoming Captain America. Now, in some comic book storylines, the Winter Soldier for a little bit becomes Captain America. But ultimately, though, ultimately what happens is the Falcon ends up becoming Captain America. The Falcon, uh, played by Anthony Mackie, who's a terrific actor. Um, he d- obviously portrays Sam Wilson in the show. But here's what I've enjoyed about the storyline from a comic book perspective. Of course, they brought in Isaiah Bradley's character, who in the comic books was another super soldier. He was unlike Steve Rogers, who they were again trying to, you know, make into a super soldier to help them fight the Nazis. Isaiah Bradley and his crew wasn't really given that type of choice. Like they, after Steve Rogers was created, the super soldier serum, they tried to duplicate it and recreate it. So basically what they did 
was take a group of black soldiers, about 300 of them, and ship them off to this camp in Mississippi and started to, you know, run tests on them. Ultimately, basically only about seven of them, six or seven of them actually lived. And Isaiah Bradley was one of them. He's one of the characters in the show. His storyline is terrific. If you don't know much about his storyline and his background, um, my, my, my boy Rob on YouTube, um, he runs a channel called Comics Explained. He also runs another channel called Pop Culture Explained. But on Comics Explained, he talks in depth about pretty much anything comic book related in any character breakdown. So definitely go there if you want a deeper background. But anyway, the show is so great. And one of the things outside of just the comic book aspect of the show that's so great, you know, introducing a new Captain America played by Wyatt Russell um, in the show um, that was so great about it is that it actually, if you pay attention, is going over a lot of nuance underlining things that are happening in our society today. Give, give an example. Sam Wilson, you know, being given the shield by Steve Rogers, feeling like this doesn't belong to me or this belongs to somebody else. Right. And when you tie it back into a lot of the things that has been talked about here in this country and even things that Isaiah Bradley, you know, said to him when they met, which is, you know, no, you know, right minded, you know, black man worth his salt was accept that shield because of what it represents. And then even Sam not feeling like he could be Captain America because maybe he won't be accepted because Captain America has always been, you know, a white male, which goes back to when they again came out with a new Captain America. What was it? Another white guy, right? Him feeling like, I don't believe that what this show represents, represents what I stand for. And then even the conversation with him and Isaiah Bradley, when Isaiah told him that no upstanding black man will accept the shield and Sam feeling like, well, a lot of the things that went on back then were not so much fighting them as hard anymore. And then look at today. The civil rights movement was back in the 1960s, which was over 50 coming up on 60 years ago. And some of the same rights and things that Dr. King and others fought for during that time, we're still fighting for to this day in 2021. We're still raising some of the same issues. So Marvel has done a fantastic job of actually taking a comic book show and still making it entertaining from a comic book perspective, but also bringing in a lot of those undertones that we need to pay attention to. For example, just like in episode five, when Bucky, you know, finally told Sam, hey, look, and apologized to him and said, hey, look, I understand why you didn't, you didn't take the shield and I didn't under, you know, and me and Steve thrusting that upon you, we just didn't understand it from our point of view. We didn't see what you saw and apologizing for it. Now, fast forward to what we are going through today. He apologized for it. And today, as you know, black people and minorities in this country, we're not really asking for an apology. But what Bucky did in the show is what a lot of us have been asking for for decades. 
which is the acknowledgement and the understanding of the magnitude of slavery, of Jim Crow, of rules and policies and things that have been put in place along with obviously police brutality and just everything else that black people and minorities in this country has had to deal with for decades, centuries even. I mean, the show is phenomenal. It it really is. Now, let's talk about how I think the show is going to end. So one of the big things that has not come out yet, and I think it's going to come out in episode six, um, or this finale, is who the power broker is. So in the comic books, basically the the power broker was a guy who was able to give people powers and made them basically stronger, hence the name power broker. In the MCU, I'm not sure if they're going to actually do it that way, um, where this guy has powers and can actually give another person powers to make them strong. I don't think they're going to necessarily approach it that way. I just think the power broker is somebody who has the means and the resources to recreate this serum that, again, a lot of the uh, people going around now in the show, the Flag Smashers, as they're called, actually have. And my theory of who the power broker is in this I'm again, it's my theory. I don't have any fact, but I bet you it's going to be Emily uh, Van Camp. I think it's her actually real name, but her character in the show. I bet you it's going to be her because if you think about it, she was an outcast, right? Of America. She was black. She was blackballed basically uh, from the country. She has to go over to this country, to another country that, you know, obviously doesn't abide by any of the sovereign, you know, United States code to start a new life. And I can totally see her in this country building up, you know, power and resources and became the power broker. I can totally see her actually being that way. Maybe she uh, won't be. Sharon Carter is her name in the show. Just can to me. Good Lord. But anyway, I can definitely see how Again, sharing the show can end up being the power broker. I really actually think that that's who it's going to be. And that would be a fascinating ending to the show. Outside of, again, the Flag Smashers, obviously they're going to end up losing. We're going to have the, to me, we're going to have the fight between Sam Wilson, who's going to end up being the real Captain America uh, versus Mr. Patriot. I think it's his actual um, thing that he turns into once he gets stripped of his title of Captain America. But I could see him and Sam Wilson actually duping it out at that summit. And then at that point, somehow, some way, him and... Let's just say Carly um, in the show, you know, who's the leader of the sm- Flag Smashers, maybe actually coming together. I don't think neither one of them are going to die in the show. It wouldn't shock me if Kylie died, but I don't think they will. I think what's going to happen, they're going to end up becoming together to end up, again, forming a team that's going to go around and actually try to combat superheroes. Just my theory, but I can see that happening because in the comic books, there was a a group that was formed that basically went around and they weren't really bad guys. They were just a group of people who had a different idealistic approach in how to deal with things that were different than the Avengers. They were kind of like the anti-Avengers, if you will. So I can see them coming together and actually forming that team. Um, I think that uh, will be the way I think the show is going to end. I think 
you know, obviously Bucky, you know, is going to be there as a winter soldier. I don't think, you know, nothing's happened with that character other than him just being a winter soldier. But I think this would have happened. And now the guy who's going to actually form the team, I'm not for sure um, who's that going to be. Baron Zemo is an interesting character to be able to do that with. But since he just got brought back to Wakanda, I don't see him getting out of that situation. So it's hard for me to see him breaking away. I thought maybe it was going that way until again, you know, Bucky runs into him. Baron thinks he's, uh, you know, thinks Bucky's going to kill him. And then next, you know, he just turns him over uh, to the Wakanda. And so I don't think he'll be a part of that, but I do see Carly and the new Captain America who's not Captain America anymore. But anyway, I can see them teaming up and forming that anti-Avengers group. So that's how I think the show is going to end. The show's going to end, you know, Steve, uh, Sam Wilson will end up being the new Captain America. Um, he'll probably be, you know, presented with some backlash because of it. But I can definitely, you know, you know, see him, you know, persevering and coming through and being that, um, just like it was in the comic books. So, yeah, talking to the Winter Soldier, a lot, a lot to unpack in that show. And if you have not watched it, catch up. I think the last episode comes out on Friday, um, episode six. So super excited to see that and see how this is going to end. All right. Let's make a segment to another, I mean, just nerdy thing that's coming out. That's coming up Friday, which is Mortal Kombat. If any of y'all play the game, Mortal Kombat movie comes out on Friday and yo, if you've played the Mortal Kombat series, or maybe if you haven't played the recent Mortal Kombat, but you know, you grew up with them, you know, a Mortal Kombat 1, re-fight. And then, you know, the fatalities in it and then obviously Mortal Kombat 2 comes and now you have uh, fatalities and I think brutalities were introduced and then eventually, you know, it's just got the all kind of talities um, in it. <laughs> uh, but the Mortal Kombat uh, series, and I wanted to, kind of talk about it a little bit before the movie comes out on Friday. The franchise and the storylines were actually pretty uh, cool. So we know that Mortal Kombat was based around a tournament, right? And what this tournament basically was, was to determine if a certain realm could invade another realm. There's actually in the Mortal Kombat storyline, there's six different realms and I don't remember all the names. I just know that there's six of them. But anyway, the two biggest ones that we end up all Always seeing is of course Earth Realm and the Nether Realm, right? And the Nether Realm is always trying to come and invade Earth. So in the first Mortal Kombat uh, game, we saw you know that where the last um, boss in that game was Shang Tsung. So Shang Tsung um, was a sorcerer who actually served Shao Kahn, who is the leader of Outworld. Um, in the first tournament, of course, Liu Kang actually uh, defeats Shao Kahn and actually you know wins. Fast forward, um, and I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself because I want to explain basically the rules of Mortal Kombat. So. The Elder Gods, which were introduced kind of later into the series, basically the way Mortal Kombat was supposed to work was that a realm, if they wanted to conquer another realm, they had to best that realm in Mortal Kombat 10 times. Um, 10 straight times, actually. So not even 10 times, just 10 straight times, right? So, and if they were able to do that, then they were allowed to conquer that realm or invade that realm to conquer it. Well, that's exactly what uh, Shokan and 
of the nether realm was actually trying to do um, to the earth realm and in mortal kombat 2 this actually um, happened again because in mortal kombat 1 they tried it but of course failed fast forward to mortal kombat 2 same thing and their well goro was his name i think he's like man dragon or something like that but any in any case he uh, was able to best all of the earth round fighters eight straight times and then the kills of course again he ended up fighting Liu Kang and Liu Kang defeated him and um, defeating Shao Kahn it did fast forward a little bit so that's kind of the way Mortal Kombat works in theory so when they actually rebooted the series because they actually rebooted the franchise and came up with a similar storyline, but just added, you know, the old gods, you know, added, you know, other very strong um, people into the franchise, even stronger than Shao Kahn, who was believed to be the strongest at the time. So um, that happened as well in the new series. And it came up with all kinds of crazy stuff like Liu Kang and Raiden merge and then end up, you know, Liu Kang becomes the um fire god who then actually ends up having to take over the mantle of earth protector from raiden because um basically they merged but then they split apart and Liu Kang ended up keeping on raiden's power and raiden became immortal it was just all kind of <laughs> crazy stuff that happened with the new but with the movie i'm thinking that what they're gonna do because you know we saw in the trailer of any y'all watched it how jacks ended up, you know, losing his arms and getting his metal arms, right? Because if you remember, if you played the game in Mortal Kombat 2, Jax was in there. He still had his arms. And then in Mortal Kombat 3, Jax was in there, but he had metal arms. So I'm thinking that they're going to pick up the storyline between probably Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 is what I'm thinking, right? The kind of, you know, mesh those um together and you know and then go from there also in the original uh mortal kombat sub-zero who was in there actually got killed between mortal kombat 2 and 3 that's why in the video game this the sub-zero that we saw um changed in mortal kombat 3 and certainly 4 and that title was actually taken over taken over from his brother who then sought revenge on scorpion who actually killed him because scorpion was the seed by Quan Chi, which was later introduced in, I think, Mortal Kombat 4. Um, in Mortal Kombat 4, I think he was introduced, yeah. And he was the seed to believe that it was Sub-Zero who killed Scorpion Soul Clan, when in reality, it was really Quan Chi. Quan Chi has played a major role in the Mortal Kombat serializes. But anyway... If they pick it up between two, if they pick it up between two and three, this can, you know, help bridge the gap, you know, from showing how Jax got his metal arms. I mean, hell, I mean, they could even tie how Scorpion ends up maybe killing, you know, Sub-Zero unless they pick it up after maybe the main brother Sub-Zero, who after he died and he ended up, his soul ended up getting sent to the nether realm, Quan Chi actually got his soul and turned him into uh, Nabu Saba. I don't know if any of y'all played the game, the old games. But if you remember that character, that's who he got turned into. But nevertheless, if you didn't, just go back, just, just Google Nabisabi. You'll know who. You'll, you'll see like, oh, yeah, it was a black guy. Anyway, he was a black character with, you know, the all things. But anyways, to get back on track, um, <laughs> I think that's what is going to happen in the Mortal Kombat movie, in my opinion. I still think, you know, obviously it'll be that tournament will happen. Earth Warriors will come to defend against the Nether Realms Warriors. And then it just 
it's going to set the table for another Mortal Kombat movie and another one and probably like a trilogy and doing it that way. They get, if they mention some of the newer storyline with Kronika, who comes in, who's supposed to be just hella powerful with being able to control time and space, basically. And again, Faga, Liu Kang beats her, basically is the strongest character at that point in Mortal Kombat. But I, I, I'm excited for the movie. I'm excited to see which way they're going to go. Again, I'm also the thing I was telling y'all about earlier, um, who does comic books, Rob on Geek Culture Explained. He actually does a good job of breaking down different characters and stuff. So you want a more in-depth background of Mortal Kombat, go check his page out on YouTube. He's fantastic. He does great work. But that's what I think is going to happen with Mortal Kombat. I'm excited to, when it comes out Friday. Yes, I'll be watching on HBO Max. I'm still not going out into the movie, you know, into the world, to movie theaters. But of course, if anybody does that, more power to you. All right. I'm going to end the show with favorite segments, which will always be my favorite segment of the show, which is what the hell did you just say? And this week's what the hell did you just say? Goes to a young lady who, you know, I, I, I fully believe that she's really actually intelligent. Um, You know, when I was younger, my dad used to tell me something that makes sense now when he would say, boy, you boy, you so smart. But right now you being woefully stupid. And this applies to none other than Miss Candace Owens. Now, Candace Owens is a right wing talking head who actually says some things that makes a lot of sense. But then in other cases, because of the way our politics are now in this country, the United States, we have to, whatever side we pick, we have to stay there. We can't just get on the side of right. And in this case, recently, um, the jury convicted George Floyd's killer of murder because it was just that murder. But Candace Owens being the conservative talking head that she is, decided to go on Fox News, in particular, Tucker Carlson's show, and then begin to spout all types of nonsense in regards to the verdict. Which, again, anybody with some damn common sense knows that that was murder. But she goes on Fox News and says things like, well, all we saw, and y'all can go look it up, by the way. I'm, I'm not lying on her. This is actually what she said. She said, well, I think that the, the only thing we had was cell phone footage. They never released the body count footage. Well, that's actually a lie because during the trial, they actually released the body cam footage. It's almost, and then she goes on to say that in his system was found, you know, drugs and that that was the cause of his death when she ignored the many, many testimonies by the many, many healthcare professionals in this trial, including some that were on the defense part of Derek, his name, I can't remember his last name, but Derek, the guy who killed um, George Floyd, who was on, who's the part of his defensive teams, actually debunked that too. So, you know, it's almost like she didn't even watch the trial and just automatically wanted to politicize it, something that she accused the Democrats of doing, but yet in turn is doing it herself because regardless of whether or not George Floyd had drugs in his system, I think anybody with common sense knows had Derek, the officer or former officer, excuse me, 
hadn't put his knee on George Floyd's neck for damn near 10 minutes, the drugs weren't going to kill him and that every medical profession in that case concluded that it was suffocation or lack of oxygen. Even the, even when the EMTs got there, he kept his knee on George Floyd's neck. That was during the five-minute mark. Fast forward to when the coroners got there, a few minutes later, they had already pronounced him dead and said he had been dead for four minutes, which means he knelt on a dead guy's neck for four minutes with his hands in his pocket, not giving a damn. And yet we have people like Candace Owens who will spin it to say that the liberal media, and trust me, y'all already know I'm no liberal, but that the liberal media is bullying the jurors into an unjust sentencing. What in the blue hell are you talking about? So let me get this right. So the liberal media has the power to influence jurors, but when it was brought up the same thing about the January insurrection that President Trump had influenced, then we were told by people like her that, oh, President Trump can't influence them to do nothing. Oh, really? So the most powerful man in the world has no influence, but all of a sudden the liberal media does. This is the type of just blatant bullshit that our politics in America has boiled down to. The fact that when there is clear wrong, if it doesn't side with your party, I can't say it's wrong. When, again, it's just wrong. And hopefully at some point, we'll get back to people not wanting to be willfully stupid because in this case right here, this, ladies and gentlemen, was murder. And anybody, Candace on anybody, saying otherwise is just being willfully stupid. Candace Owens, my this week's What the Hell Did You Just Say? All right, ladies and gents, I've certainly enjoyed today's show. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Again, remember, if you enjoy the show, you enjoy the content, let me know. Go to my Facebook page at R-Y-L Now. That's the word R spelled out, Y-L Now on Facebook. Like the page, leave me a comment, and I will talk to you all later. Peace.